everyone, and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the head of content at B2B Marketing, and I'm joined today by Tom Stein, who is the chairman and chief growth officer at Stein IAS. So, Tom, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, before we go any further, can you please just sort of introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about Stein and MSQ B2B? Sure thing, David. Um, first off, I want to thank you for uh, for having me on uh, on the podcast and. Um, want to congratulate you and BB Marketing on the work that you folks are doing. And um, I've had the occasion to follow the launch of Propolis, and I know it's been quite a success. And um, speaking with Joel and James and the whole crew, um, just wanted to say that uh, uh, job well done and congratulations to you for all of that. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's certainly been a wild ride over the last yeah. year or so, so thank you. <laughs> I'm sure it has. Um, so, uh, as you say, I'm, I'm Tom Stein. I'm the chairman and chief growth officer at Stein IS, and uh, Stein IS 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 one of the leading uh, global B2B specialist agencies. And the realm that we play in is is brand to demand in order to drive growth for our clients, which typically are tier one brands um, that that have a multinational presence. Although certainly they sometimes may have a, a national or regional presence. Um, and then I also serve as chairman of MSQ B2B. So MSQ is the agency group that Stein IAS is part of and has been for some time. And MSQ is a, is a very fast growing independent agency group that cuts across B2B and B2C and everything in between. And so um, I'm responsible for looking after the totality of the B2B capability across all of the, B, all of the MSQ agencies. Okay, fantastic. So, um, as I know you know, uh, we recently published the UK Agencies Benchmarking Report, or ABMR for short. Um, and basically, for everyone listening, this report lists the biggest and best B2B marketing agencies in the UK. And it's, it's based on things like revenue and headcount. Um, and there's several features as well within the report which analyze the findings um, and, and give us an indication as to what all this means for the marketplace. Um, so Tom, MSQ finished top of the agency networks table this year, reporting a UK gross income in the most recently closed financial year of 55.1 million pounds. So um, what was the secret to the success, do you think? Me, just basically. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad, yeah, well, I'm glad you're, you haven't, uh, you're, you're so humble, so. <laughs> no, no. Um, no, well, the, uh, I think the secret to success is, um, twofold, at least. So one aspect of it, I think, is the, the strength of Stein IAS. So as, uh, as I mentioned, Stein IAS is a, is a well-known, well-established, fast-growing player in the B2B realm. The B2B realm itself is growing quickly. It's a very dynamic sector um, and has been even during the course of the pandemic, or maybe even particularly across the course of the pandemic. So Stein IAS is very well-positioned to grow as the sector grows and to outperform in the category. And I think um, being able to connect and interlock brand and demand in the interest of measurably driving clients growth is what it's really all about in B2B marketing today and the B2B agency world. So our strength, the growth of, uh, uh, of our existing client relationships, our new client relationships, I think is, is fundamental to MSQ B2B's growth. Um, and uh, just to, I guess, reinforce the point, um, in the in the in the same benchmarking report that you referred to, Steinas I think actually jumped seven notches in the rankings uh, to to just to validate that point. The second is the MSQ model, um, and so MSQ B two B, as I said before, it it really pulls from the offerings, all of the capabilities 
of the agencies. And so that could be Stein IS brand to demand strength, um, strategy, um, insights, interactions, digital interactions, uh, creativity and content and so on with real B2B focus. It, it could pull from earned media. We have earned media agencies in the mix. Um, media itself, um, the media capabilities that cut across the agency, um, uh, CRM and relationship marketing, um, uh, digital product development, um, things of that nature. So our ability as MSQ B2B to have a comprehensive offering on the one hand, but also a very agile offering in terms of a client's ability to interact with it. So they can have the flexibility they need plus the capability they need plus on a global basis and be able to flex to the cap flex the capability to the requirement as it evolves over time. So I think it's a model whose time has come. Um, I think it's very relevant in today's, you know, agilely driven, is that a word? Agilely driven um, um, marketing, uh, marketing world and the way that clients need to, to be able to move quickly, um, uh, reactively or proactively as the world changes. Mm. And it's, it's worth noting to our audience at this stage that if you want to check out the full report and see exactly where Stein MSQ finished and um, all the analysis within the report, um, we'll leave a link in the description so you can check it out all there. Um, but moving forwards, and it's obviously been quite a strange couple of years, is one way of putting it. Um, and one thing we've heard a lot about is the great resignation. And in fact, the, and I quote, the ability to attract and retain quality staff um, was cited by UK agencies as the number one challenge they're facing this year. So with that in mind, as the gold winner of Best Employee Engagement Programme at the 2021 B2B Marketing Awards, do you think that this is just a blip, so, uh, you know, a moment in time? Or do you think that the employee-employer relationship has changed forever and that agencies really need to rethink how they operate? I, I think that it's not a blip, David. Um, I think that it's, you know, certainly the situation and the circumstances of today may change and almost certainly will change. And it probably won't always be a great resignation. Uh, I think things will, at a point in time, probably stabilize, if that's the right word choice, but stabilize in a different context than has been the case. So I, I, it's interesting. I was, I was reading an article. Um, I'm based in the New York area. Um, my role is global, but I'm based in the New York area. And so I was reading a, an, an article um, last night in the New York Times, and it was talking about the, uh, the situation in Manhattan. And um, if you've been to Manhattan, many people who are listening have been to Manhattan. And, you know, it's, 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 it's a place of office buildings, isn't it? And um, the commercial real estate market is gigantic. And the, all of the towers that have large corporate space there and the percentage of workers who have come back into the office is still shockingly low. And the indications are that many of the, the great big players of the world, the PWCs and um, the other financial services, professional services, all the big companies that populate that realm uh, are adopting very different models from what they had and also from each other. Um, net net is a, that, that the talent market is disrupted um, completely. And uh, and so I think that the that uh, you know the, the the great resignation or whatever you want to call it is going to require um, a lot of thinking over time. And it's certainly it's a big care about for us. Um, it's a big care about for every agency principal that I know. So um, yeah, I, I think it's something that, that we're still in the process of sorting out, and I think we will be for a while. 
Mm, fantastic. And um, if that's a topic anyone listening is interested in learning a bit more about, um, our exclusive community platform, Propolis, which is where marketers come together, learn from one another, and are select industry experts, um, actually has a, a group dedicated to the whole teams resourcing and, and DNI uh, area. And we've got a report in the works, which is on the Great Resignation or um, the Great Reshuffle, or however optimistic or pessimistic you are. You know um, that you, you were referring, David, just to, if I may, um, to the uh, uh, to the the uh, uh, employee engagement. Um, uh, award that we did win, and we've we've won several for the initiative, and it's it's actually something that we started a couple of years ago. So we didn't start it in reaction to the Great Resignation, but um, uh, we're certainly glad that we started it because it's very reflective of our values as an organization. But it's something called Learn for Your Life, and the the uh, the simple concept is that that we want to make learning core. Uh, to what the agency is about, you know, what the agency does, how it behaves, what it delivers for clients, how we interact with each other, how we how we grow as people, how we grow professionally. And you think about the pace of change in B2B marketing, um, you know, certainly the last 10 years, could probably rewind a little bit further than that, but blistering pace. And the ability of, a, of an agency or, or client-side marketers to, to adapt to change and to uh, to uh, continually learn the ways and means of being successful in a in a world that moves as quickly as the world does. So we, we're very proud of, of what we've done, and it's it's a very very ambitious undertaking. Um, uh, you know, for an agency our size, we probably invest um, disproportionately, but we don't think it's a disproportionate investment at all. We think it's very proportionate to the challenge and to the opportunity. So um, uh, I think that that. You know, the reason that we won is because of what we put into it and what we get out of it um, for ourselves, for our own people first, and for our clients secondly. Mm. And if you don't mind me asking, can you just tell us a little bit about how Learn For Your Life works? So is it, are there clear training courses or is it, is it more of a mindset or how does it work? All of the above, you know, it's, it's definitely um, inculcating a mindset in people, you know, and I, I think that the continuous learning doesn't happen unless it's it, 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 unless the mindset is there for it to happen. And so it's a, it's a structured program. And uh, we have something called the Universal Knowledge Foundation, um, which sits in a digital hub that has uh, a multiplicity of, of, of course offerings um, that have to do with um, everything from B2B essentials to culture to how agencies work financially. So people actually understand that and have context um, for that in their 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 day-to-day -day jobs. But then it branches into functional areas of responsibility and leadership and mentoring and and other um, uh, uh, other aspects of learning that will help people advance on their their career paths that that our people, our managers work very closely with all of the people in the agency to define what those career paths are, what their individual um, paths forward are. And it's all aligned together into a, into a rubric and a system that helps people get from A to B to C to D. But the through line is learning, you know, and, and the through line is um, um, uh, kind of finding your learning spirit, which is something that we actually have. Each of us in the agencies identified who our learning spirit is. And, um, and, and we have uh, uh, learners of the month, for example, that are voted on, submitted by, voted on in the agency. And so it becomes part of the everyday conversation uh, about uh, who we are and what we do. Hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, from Stein's point of view, what, what do you think your big sort of learning is from, let's say, the last 
two years or so. Our learning in terms of uh, of agencies are learning. Um, I just want to make sure I answer your question specifically. So it's a good question. I mean, let, let's start with a learning in terms of how you work with your clients. Let's start with that one. Interesting. Um, well, one thing is we have learned that for the most part, um, it's, uh, it's, it's really not a problem, at least on the surface, to work um, virtually with clients and to work remotely. And um, I don't think that there's a massive rush back. Um, you know, and, and again, uh, the uh, not having to jump on, on planes and fly all over the place to spend the time and, and energy to, to do that kind of work. I think the agencies, um, uh, we value that. We'd rather spend the time working or with our families or whatever it may be, but the clients do as well. You know, it's, it, it works the same way. Now we're getting back to traveling and that's a really good thing. And we, we, you know, we love it, but I think you, you learn that there's a balance possible that, that you may not have thought was possible previously. So I, I think that's a learning. Um, I think the, the, um, the, the interesting other learning is the necessary interaction of physical presence, which ties to the first thing that I, 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 I talked about, physical presence and uh, lack of physical presence. And I think that sometimes our work, the agency client relationship can get a little bit overly transactional when there's not a relationship there and, and you're not building a personal interpersonal relationship. And, you know, there, there are millions, there are a million deliverables every day. And, you know, but ultimately, the deliverable is about strategy. The, the deliverable is about business growth. The de deliverable is about creative effectiveness. The deliverable is about really important things. And so it's, it, it, if it gets overly transactional, it kind of dulls the edges of, of, of the really important stuff. And I think we're sorting that out, you know, and, and uh, I, I think that, that there's, there's probably a, a, a yearning for closer interpersonal relationship again. Yeah, yeah. And general and moving more towards the actual marketing side of things specifically, you know, what do you think's changed there over the last 12 months? I mean, what about when it comes to marketing's role or, you know, their aims, seat at board level, all these sort of areas? This is one of the most important things to talk about. Um, you know, full stop, simply the most important thing probably to talk about. And and now I think what's um in our view. Um, one of the big shifts over the past couple of years, and it's something that that is is ongoing and it will be ongoing, is that I think B two B marketers um, that I think that that CMOS um, are headed in a direction, and I, I think it's a fairly clear direction, and that's to be the chief growth officers for their brands, and their teams are uh, they're poised to assume the mantle of growth drivers. And I think this is, we think this is an essential evolution in B2B, you know, and it's reliant on, on sophisticated capabilities across a complex array of functions. And, you know, I think that, that um, that's, the, that's the direction of travel. And I, I think that B2B marketers are ready, you know, and I think if, if you look at your Propolis offering, for example, and you, and you look at the different segments or sections of Propolis and think that all of those need to be knit together. Um, in a in a way that that ultimately does one thing, and that's drive the commercial growth of a business. Now there are other things involved with marketers. There's the employee brand, 
there's sustainability, um, there's DEI, there are all of these things. But, you know, in a way, they're very important to commercial growth as well and appropriate commercial growth. So I think that the evolution, the big evolution, evolutionary move in B2B is to really, truly assume the mantle of growth driver. That's what we're all about at, at Stein. And, and um, I don't know, know if you know, and I'm, I, uh, uh, you can edit this out if it's, a, if it's an overly commercial <laughs> endorsement of ourselves. But, uh, you know, uh, we won uh, in 2021 the first ever WARC award for, um, for effectiveness in B2B. And it was about dr driving growth um, for a client. It's not about vanity metrics. It's not about front-end metrics. It's, it's about really moving the needle in a profound way for a client um, organization. And I, I think that, that it, you know, we, we become more than marketing communicators. We become true marketers in that regard. And that, that leads quite nicely onto my next question, which is all around agencies' roles specifically. So if the role of the marketer is to be the, the growth driver, as you, as you call it, what, what's the role of the agencies now? How do they help enable that? Well, I, I, I think it's more than enabling. Um, I mean, it certainly is enabling, but it, it's also more than that in that it's, uh, I think it's partnering. Um, I, I think it's to be a kind of a full-bodied partner um, in, in, in working with CMOs and teams and in achieving that and, and setting out, setting the goals together, um, understanding what it'll take to get from here to there um, together and working collaboratively. And that may mean <clears throat> working as a agency of record. It may mean is working as a strategic partner in a, in a, in a specific capacity. It may mean working with um, other agencies and an agency ecosystem. It may mean working with the in-house agency resource that the client has, but really being part of the, the collaborative, the collective that has its eye on growth and understands how to work together, what the strategies will be, what the tactics will be, what the creative output needs to be, what the digital interaction strategy needs to be to get from here to there. And with that in mind then, what new offerings or, or approaches do you think that marked, uh, sorry, that agencies um, should really take to help set themselves apart from the rest? You know, there, there's always, always a place for new offerings. Um, and we have so many offerings and we have so much technology. We have all of these things. Um, do we need more? Do we need better? Sure, always. Do we have what we need already to get where we need to go? Yep, we've, we've got it. We've got it all. You know, and, and I, I think that we have uh, so much we don't even necessarily remember some of the things that, that, that used to get us there. And so I think that, that um, emphasizing, um, emphasizing, re-emphasizing, re-emphasizing what creative effectiveness is all about is a key. And so, um, you know, new offerings, let's think about that offering and, and think about the role that, that, uh, that creativity um, can play in the B2B space to create advantage, to create competitive advantage. Um, it's, it's, there, there's some data out there. Um, I think it's from um, WARC and the B2B Institute that says that, that, that um, only 5% of B2B marketers um, uh, use, actually sit at the top of a creative effectiveness ladder. So 5% have turned creativity into a strategic asset for their companies. So if 5% have done it, uh, I never was good at math, David, but I think that means that 95% aren't doing it. 
And what a huge opportunity that is. It, 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 something like that is, is massive. And I think, I think that um, brand um, becomes more important in B2B as well. And I think that um, investment in brand will, will grow. And I think B2B companies are, uh, are more and more leaning into brand because they have the great resignation to deal with. Um, they've got societal responsibilities to deal with as well as their commercial opportunities to deal with. And so, you know, brand takes on a multidimensional aspect that becomes more and more important. And th then of course we have to get better and better and better and better at MarTech and AdTech and, and all of those things. So, you know, understanding um, how to use those things to deliver insights um, to clients, to extract them from the market in real time. You know, that, that's one of the things that we're focused on from a new offering standpoint is, um, uh, how to take, uh, how to make sure that we have insights all the time um, as they occur that help us uh, help us deliver content strategies, help us deliver positioning and and aspects of differentiation. So, you know, th these things are, are are all around us. Mm. It's a really interesting point to make about brand as well because it's not just about getting your brand out there to potential customers or, or existing customers. It's also just about attracting people who want to work for you. Um, especially with all the, uh, you know, all the sort of things we're hearing about Gen Z and the exact types of companies they want to work for. I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? I, th I think you're right. Um, I think that, that uh, you know, you think about a, a, someone in that generation and you think about they're attracted to, um, uh, uh, they, they want to be a data scientist or they are a data scientist. And you think about the companies that are looking for data scientists to hire. And they're B2B companies and they're agencies and they're consumer companies and they're technology companies. And, you know, and, and, and what's going to make them choose a B2B company that, that they may not have heard of because it's not mainstream in their lives. You know, that, that's why a B2B company has to build a brand um, so that, that, that they have that aspect and, and can, are able to be um, a talent attractor. You know, we all need to be talent tractors and, and, and bring people to, to us. So, yeah. And on, on the point of brand, um, it's worth saying that we have an upcoming event, Ignite USA, which is going to take place on the 1st to the 3rd of June in Chicago. Um, it's as with Martech Opia, if you attended that, it's a completely hybrid event. Um, and this year's conference is going to focus on all things brand. Um, it's got a great lineup of speakers. We've got uh, Rooster Punk's Paul Cash through to Sarah Kennedy at Google Cloud um, and even consultant producer and author Katie Martell. So if you want to find out more about the event, just follow the link in the description. Um, but Tom, you know, one thing we've seen a lot of in the last year is just a lot of notable acquisitions and, and mergers on the agency side. So the one that jumps out to me is the marketing practice group acquiring Omabono and Kingpin and so on. So what do you think these huge mergers say about the agency marketplace generally, do you think? Well, um, I think that, that, uh, in the, in the B2B space, um, the, uh, you know, the, the, the agencies are quite buoyant. Um, and I don't know if that's been your experience in terms of all the conversations that you have with, uh, uh, agencies in, in, uh, in B2B marketing's orbit, which are, you know, quite a few, but, you know, I, I think that, um, that from an acquisition standpoint, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of private equity money around. Um, I think that there's a lot of investment money in general around and people are looking at, investors are looking at the B2B space and they're seeing 
all the things that we talked about earlier, um, resilience across um, a, a very difficult patch economically, um, resilience vis-a-vis -vis consumer counterparts, um, growth in the sector, um, um, new industries emerging like clean tech and so on that, that, that are B2B um, as well as B2C, but primarily B2B that are you know, engines of innovation and catalysts for the world. And so I, I think that, that um, it's, a, it's a good place to be um, and it's a good place to invest. And I think that, that companies, um, I'm sure the marketing practice, I know the marketing practice is, is backed by quite a lot of private equity money that's enabled the, these acquisitions. Um, and, and, and we are too. Um, and, and so um, it's, 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 uh, it's an attractive space for many, many reasons right now. The other thing that's, uh, I think, uh, of note is that for a long time, B2B has been, how would you describe it, David? So if you think about B2B, don't mean to ask the question or a question, but um, if you think about B2B and you think about it in the context of B2C, you know, certainly you might say that it's been the less, the less sexy part of the marketing world or a less sexy part of the marketing world. Would you agree generally with that? Um, I, I would say traditionally, yeah. Um, traditionally. I, I think that's starting to change. But I think it, I don't know, I, I would say it has changed, but I, I might just be biased because I work for B2B marketing. I, I, I've been in B2B for my old career, so I'm definitely biased. Um, and, you know, for sure it's changed. Um, it's changed a lot. And, and, and I think that's what's, what's going on now. And so, you know, I don't want to say that there's an arms race because I think that would be exaggerated and an overstatement. But I do think that there's uh, uh, energy among the agencies to consolidate um, because the prize is bigger um, and there's a sense of getting to the prize requires some level of scale and breadth of capability. And so you see agencies acting in accordance. And, uh, and so you see the level of, of uh, acquisition activity. Um, and, and the, you know, TMP is just one example. It's, uh, there, 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 there are a number of examples of that. Um, you know, and, I, and I think it's going to be a focus of the, of the, of the larger networks and the, the holding companies. And so I, th I think, again, it's a, it's a very particular point in time. It's a, I, you know, the, the, um, um, There's a question running through my mind, and um, uh, and I think it's a great question. You know, are we turning the corner? Are we entering the golden age of B two B? So, are, you know, are, and I mean, and I think I, not to interrupt, but that was even the title of my introduction in the UK agency's benchmarking report. So I think we're on the same page. Well, we must be on the same page, but you know, it's it's a it's an interesting thought, and it's a it's an exciting one, really exciting one for everyone in the B two B world. Mm, absolutely. So, um, I've got I think we've got time for one more question. So, um, what do you think the main challenges from agencies' point of view this year? So, is it the same as client side issues? So, reporting ROI, demonstrating attribution, things like that, or are there different levels to it on an agency side? Would you say? Um, you know, I I think that that attribution and reporting you know that that's uh, that's been on on a list for as long as attribution and reporting have existed you know it's, it's always on the list it'll always be on the list and it's always important um, and we always need to get better at it um, but the reason that it's on the list is because we need to be growth drivers and we need to be able to um, stand up in front of the board and um, and, and point to the work and point to the, the result 
And, and you know, it, it takes all of the things that we've talked about today um, to get there. As, and, and, but I think, you know, that, that, that to me, that's the number one thing is that, that we have to keep progressing and we have to truly assume the mantle, have the capability, have the sophistication, have the joined up thinking, have the joined up capability that enables us to be partners with our clients in driving growth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Tom, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, just to can, can, can I ask? Can I ask you a question? Because there's there's one thing that that I would like to do, um, and and we haven't done, and is it's just that that um, I feel remiss in 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 um, talking one more minute about MSQ, if I may. Is that possible? Go ahead, be my guest. Well, it's just it's just that that you know when I think about MSQ and I think about MSQ B two B, I think about the table. Um, and I think about this conversation, it, it has me um, uh, kind of thinking about some of the, some of the aspects or some of the things that, that um, really um, kind of underscore the, what's going on with MSQ B2B, what's going on with MSQ, but you know, this has been MSQ's most successful, the, this, will be, this will have been when, when it's finally reported, MSQ's uh, most successful year, and it's manifested in MSQ B2B standing in the table. And, you know, our, our, our first half of the year result um, was, um, you know, we we're up 35% year on year revenue growth, and um, EBITDA was up um, um, 66%. Uh, we have had massive wins in MSQ, MSQ B2B, um, um, AXA Investment Manager, Juniper Networks, CFA Institute. And, you know, our digital engineering business, which is uh, MMT Digital, which you probably know, um, is uh, growing incredibly quickly. We've acquired um, Elmwood um, and joined it together with Homes and Marchant to create one, a real um, brand design branding powerhouse globally. Um, we acquired BraveSpark, the creative production agency and uh, in B2B and B2C. We launched Walk-In Media in the UK and in, uh, in North America. So, you know, the business is, is uh, you know, I, I think the, our ability to serve the B2B space, which is dynamic, our ability to stand up a model, which is, as I said before, which is extremely agile, you know, full of capability um, that, that helps our clients get closer to their customers by developing superior emotional capital. All of these things are, are you know, driving MSQ and MSQ B2B's growth. And, and so... I just wanted to share that um, as a bit of, of information, news, and context for, for this entire conversation, um, because I, th I think it's important, and it's, a, it's just the way it's an exciting time in, 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 the, in, the, in the world of B2B. It's an exciting time in the world of MSQ, and the two are very aligned. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure um, our audience can find a lot more about those, uh, well, Stein and MSQ on, on, on the websites and in the uh, agency's benchmarking report itself. Indeed. Brilliant. Um, okay, well, Tom, thank you very much for joining me today. Just a quick note to our audience, um, just a reminder that Ignite USA is taking place on the 1st to 3rd of June this year in Chicago um, and digitally as well. So follow the link in the description to learn more about that. Um, and also, if you want to check out the full report or indeed Propolis, uh, we'll have links for that as well. So, Tom, thank you very much. David, thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. And we'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. All right. Be well.